Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. High drive, center field, hit the wall, grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where Here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. Buy or sell. Shohei Otani is the fantasy MVP so far this season. Welcome into Fantasy Baseball Today. Frank Sample joined by Scott White and Chris Towers. Today on the podcast, we have a bunch more buy or sell items. Hitters who are improving in the month of May. We'll recap all of Monday's action. We've got some team name Tuesdays and more. Before we get to it, Scott, I know that you have uh, broken your finger before because of the Braves. Have you ever fractured your hand punching something because of them? Ah, no. Mine was a fall. It was not a punch. And that's the only fracture I've ever suffered. So I have punched inanimate objects in anger before, but I I don't think I've ever gone with enough force to break a bone in the hand. Usually you kind of slow down right before you impact it because you realize, oh, this is going to hurt, you know? (laughs) At least that's my experience. Well, that wasn't Waskari Noah's experience, apparently, because he's out the next two months. for uh, He punched a bench in the dugout, so that sucks, because uh, he was pitching quite well. So hopefully you sold high while you could. Let's talk about some of uh, Monday's standouts. Oh, my good, goodness gracious. Chris, why don't you get us started? Uh, yeah, how about a game that's still in progress as we're talking, but I think it's worth talking about Shohei Otani again. Again, one for two, two runs, three RBI, two walks, one strikeout. One of the most ridiculous home runs of the season so far. Uh, hit a pitch that was right about eye level on the, I think it was outside too. It was certainly on the outer half. Uh, and he pulled it like 420 feet. He's absolutely ridiculous. He's been. One of the best hitters in baseball. Um, yeah, man, th- there's not a lot to say about Shohei Otani besides that he's just been absolutely incredible. We're seeing kind of the best case scenario across the board. And I guess the only question is, do you consider selling high? What do you think, Scott? Well, I don't think so, actually. Um Okay. I was going to talk if if we were going to have the discussion whether he's the fantasy MVP so far. I was going to point out that just today I was writing an article redrafting the first two rounds for the rest of 2021. So not counting any stats that have already been accumulated, but just you know from today forward, how would you how would you draft the first two rounds in 2021? And I have Otani as a second round pick, and I don't think there's anybody drafted as later, later than him, who has entered those first two rounds. Uh, You have others like J.D. Martinez, who made almost as big a climb, but not as big as Otani. And uh, I think think that would probably be the argument for calling him the fantasy MVP, right? Yeah, I think that that definition of value. Based on the way his last start went, I I could foresee us actually wanting to use him as a pitcher from time to time too, even though we haven't been motivated to yet because like he leaves the majors in home runs and oh by the way is uh, on about a twenty steal pace too, or more than that twenty five steal pace. Yeah, yeah. The batting average is not where we want it, I guess two sixty five. But I mean, the batted ball data still says that he's been unlucky based on. uh, how hard he is impacting the ball. He's got a 931 OPS, leads the majors in home runs, 13 with six steals, 30 runs scored, 32 RBI. So contributing across the board, the preseason ADP was 157.6. The other names that I had uh, listed here as potential fantasy MVPs to this point, John Means, Kevin Gosman, Mitch Hanniger, J.D. Martinez, just 
based on value where you got them before the season. But Otani, Chris Bryant, I think, is in that discussion as well. Yeah, with JD Martinez, that Byron Buxton would have been before the injury. Jared Walsh, Ryan McMahon, I think. There's there's a handful of other hitters, but yeah, I think Otani and Martinez probably so stand out above the crowd. Is he the fantasy MVP to this point? Uh. Yeah, it's. I mean, John Means was being drafted outside of the top 200 on average, and he's a top five starting pitcher. So I, I think you can make a case for him as well. And, and he's really the only other one I think you could make a, a case for. So I think it's probably Otani, yeah. Yep. In the context of like, is he the real MVP? Is he the major league MVP? How would you calculate his war? Because it's it's two separate wars, right? It's a hitting, it's... You get one war for hitters and one war for pitchers. It's and that it's wouldn't that wouldn't even that wouldn't even be a thing, right? Well, it wouldn't even you, like you could add them together, sure, but that wouldn't actually accurately capture the value because you're getting you know elite hitting production and elite pitching production from one roster spot, not just from one player. Sure, but like I, I think there it's even more valuable than like. According to Fangraphs, he's been worth 1.7 WAR so far, which I don't think would be the highest. They're just giving him a single number because Baseball Reference. No, it's yeah, it's adding hitting and pitching. Baseball Reference gives him 1.2 for hitting and 1.1 for pitching. Yeah, so which wouldn't be the single most valuable player in baseball, uh, according to those. Just adding them up. Yeah, like Trout's at 2.4. I'm sure there's a pitcher who's, yeah, DeGarrett Cole was at 2.7 before today. So I think you could probably, but again, that's not accounting for the fact that his team essentially has 27 players with 26 roster spots in a way that no other team like can match at all. Scott, you are, oh my goodness gracious, player from Monday. So there was a certain pitcher who entered Monday having issued just three walks through eight starts. He had an ERA below one. I'm, I'm sorry, an ERA below two, an XFIT below two, a FIT below two, a Sierra below two, an XERA below two. He was by far the best pitcher in baseball so far, and that pitcher was Garrett Cole. Now, Garrett Cole no longer has an ERA below two. He just had his worst start of the season against the Rangers of all teams, and a big reason for that was Willie Calhoun. Willie Calhoun homered off Garrett Cole. Willie Calhoun hit a double off Garrett Cole. Willie Calhoun is batting 287 now. He has an OPS around like 930. His strikeout rate is 90, 92nd percentile strikeout rate, but below 15%. He's playing against lefties and righties. Willie Calhoun is getting it done. And he's available in nearly half of CBS Sports League still. It's a little ridiculous. Nobody wants Willie Calhoun. He's outfield eligible too, so you can't even say, "Oh, I can't fit him in my DH spot." It's not a, not an issue anymore. He is he's outfield eligible. So enough with this Willie Calhoun hate. Get him on your roster. He's good. I was so confused, Scott, when I saw his roster rate on CBS was only fifty five percent. I feel like we've been talking about Garrett Cole, uh, Garrett Cole, Willie Calhoun. <laughs> well, we should talk about Garrett Cole too. Add, add awesome. Garrett Cole, guys. Uh, yeah, if you can. <laughs> but um, Willie Calhoun, man, we've been talking about him forever. He's He's been awesome. So, uh, yeah, that number, I think, should be higher than 55%. And get him on your team. He now played his 10th game in the outfield. So even if your league requires 10 games to have eligibility, Willie Calhoun should have that starting uh, Tuesday and beyond. My oh my goodness By the gracious. Shohei Otani. Plus 400 at William Hill in their latest odds, but uh, he was plus 6,000 preseason. Is he the so, is he where, where does he second rank? behind Mike Trout? It's oh. Trout, Otani, Vlad, Buxton, JD Martinez. <laughs> and now Mike Trout is so Trout, Otani, Vlad, Buxton, JD Martinez, Giancarlo Stanton. Three of the top six are on the IL. 2021 MLB, folks. Let's go. Yeah. Were um, you counting Trout? I mean, yeah, assuming he's... Okay. Yeah, Yeah, we don't know yet. We'll talk about it in a bit, but Mike Trout left with a... uh, He is currently injured. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Adolis Garcia in that same exact game. He went two for four with his 11th home run and his fourth stolen base of the season. So getting it done across the board as well. He's batting 296. He's got a 933 OPS. 
He was the 16th best outfielder in fantasy points per game entering Monday night. He was the ninth best outfielder in Roto. We have him much lower than that in our rankings, so that's got to change. Buy or sell Adolis Garcia, top 30 outfielder, rest of season. Scott doesn't like that. No, I, I don't really. I think the plate discipline is is so bad that the odds are against it. I mean, there's a reason he get was stuck in the minors more or less until age 28. I think I think he's going to hit a good number of home runs, like he already has. I, I think that's that's part of his skill set, and I think he'll he'll pitch in enough steals that in a categories league, it's gonna be hard to take him out of your lineup. But I, I think top 30 is too high. I think more like, I don't know. I, I, I'd hesitate to have him in my top 40 even. I just yeah, figured because top 40. the position is so bad, you know, yeah. that it wouldn't really be hard to get him in there. Has been so bad. Right? Fair. That's, yeah, but it, that's it's, it's real hard for me to find reasons to be enthusiastic right now. I don't know. There was a quote last week, too, that really stood out to me regarding Adolis Garcia. And this was an update from CBS. Garcia and the Rangers are preparing for opposing pitchers to alter how they pitch to him. And basically, they're acknowledging it, and and he's working on his mechanics to adjust to uh, off-speed pitches. So I I like reading stuff like that. You know, the fact that he's struggled with swing and miss in the past, and he knows what's coming, and and he's kind of prepping himself for it. You know, it sounds like he's... A major league ball player, and, and he's absolutely crushing it right now. So, yeah, top 30 is too high. I'm going to sell that, but I'm going I'm to get him inside my top 40. To be fair, since I was docking him for his age, I mean, I, mean, I, I, do, think, I do think that's still fair to do, but he, he didn't start his minor league career till age 24 because he, he, was, uh, he, came, over, he came over from Cuba. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, usually when you start your minor league career at age 24, the thinking is you're going to have a short minor league career. Yeah. All right. not. Um, well, I actually had a buy or sell for Willie Calhoun. I'd rather have Calhoun than Garcia rest of season. Buy or sell that. Willie got, Calhoun instead of Adolis Garcia? Yeah. I'd rather have Calhoun. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Is, is, it, a, is it a bad look if I go Adolis Garcia in, in Roto and, and Willie Calhoun in points? I feel like that's the no, way to go here. No, oh, we yeah. call that a heath. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I think I think Roto is Garcia's better format. I think points is Calhoun's better format, but I, I would still take Calhoun in both because I expect Calhoun will be, I mean, the way this year's going, an asset and batting average, I think it's pretty safe to say he will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just all that more impressive doing it off of Garrett Cole. My Texas Rangers, baby, wearing the Texas Rangers hat, you know, since day one, huge fan. Got to get those fat heads replaced behind me. Uh, Before we hit the news and notes, we've got to let you know what's on CBS Sports HQ this week. As always, CBS Sports HQ is your home to start your sports news day with live updates kicking off each morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. And HQ is always your home ahead of the evening's action with live picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world each day at 6 p.m. Eastern time. This week, our crew is locked in on the PGA Championship. Our friends from the First Cut podcast, Kyle Porter, Rick Gaiman, and Doug Bell will be on HQ all week with picks, weather reports, highlights, and everything you'd want to know about the tourney. Everybody should be paying attention to the First Cut Golf Podcast. They are crushing it right now. So check out HQ on your computer on CBSSports.com or via the CBS Sports app on your mobile phone or TV. It's always free. It's always on CBS Sports HQ. We've already alluded to it, but Mike Trout left Monday night's game with a right calf strain. He's no stranger to injury. Not that this is related to anything else he's ever had, but he averaged 33 games missed per season from 2017 to 2019. And... Pure speculation, but my guess is this will require an IL stint. He was visibly upset when it happened, and I'm sure the next question everyone's going to have is, will we see Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh anytime soon if Mike Trout lands on the IL? And my answer is no. I don't think they're ready. What do you guys think? I mean, they're both striking out a ton early on. Joe Adele is at 42% through 10 games, 11 (sighs) games now. It's bad. Uh, Marsh is at 35% through 7 games, so... There has been some chatter that the Angels kind of maybe view Marsh as a better prospect now than Adele, but I don't really see it in their minor league track record. I think it a lot of it comes from there was talk that Marsh had reworked his swing to unlock more power 
last year, but we never really got to see it. So it could have been there in the alternate site. But my, my guess is Adele is still ahead of him, assuming that he can kind of pull out of this uh, strikeout issue that he's currently dealing with because he is hitting the ball well. And I think he is super talented. And, you know, he was awful last season. But I think it's worth remembering that Adele is the top prospect since 2018. He's still only 22 years old. He just turned 22 at the beginning of April. He's only played 234 games in the minors. There have been some injuries. Obviously, he lost last season. So, you know, he is still potentially more raw than his prospect pedigree may make you think. I, I yeah, think, I, I, I do wonder if, because they're, they're already down to Taylor Ward filling an outfield <laughs> spot. I, I do wonder if just by necessity, they'll have to, they'll have to call Adele up like they yeah. did last year. I mean... Should have been. It should have been pretty clear he wasn't ready last year, as bad as it was, and yet they called him up anyway. Yeah. Um, so you know, I look at those numbers and I agree, Frank. I wouldn't want to call him up if I were them, but I, I wonder how much choice they have. Mm-hmm. Adele is forty percent rostered in CBS, and I just think it would be really bad for his development. He just he needs more time. He's striking out so much. A lot of it, from what I've read, is has been on off speed and breaking pitches, and uh, he's just going to get crushed by those in the major leagues. So. Long term, I, I just I think it would be really bad for his development if they did that. But maybe out of necessity, I just I, I would rather them wait back there on Adele uh, if something were to happen here with Mike Trout. Waskar, you know it. We already mentioned it. Fractured his right hand, punching a dugout bench. He will miss the next two months. Tucker Davidson, a top ten prospect in the Braves organization, was recalled and will get the start on Tuesday against the Mets. He has a two point seven eight ERA with a one point three zero WHIP in 395 and a third minor league innings. Scott, scouting report on Tucker <laughs> Davidson. Does he need to be rostered anywhere? I don't I don't think so. I don't think this is the prospect you pick up and roster ahead of time. Certainly if it performs well, then anytime somebody performs well on waivers, you think about picking him up. But, uh, you know, he got a taste last year. It's pretty Went pretty bad. That was after... I think he was a standout in spring training too. So he started to get a little bit of hype, but just one and two thirds innings gave up seven runs, two earned. He has had back to back good starts at AAA this year. Uh, no one earned run between them, both seven innings, 14 strikeouts and 14 innings. I assume that's why he's getting the call over somebody like Kyle Wright. But yeah, I, I, I want to wait and see what he does before I make a move for him. Agreed. Fair enough. Does today end in a Y? Then that means Giancarlo Stanton was placed on the IL with a left quad strain retroactive to May 14th. Chris, do you have Buxton? I just like, I just want like, what? What? I Everyone is injured yet. right now. I didn't and even we're say anything yet. Giancarlo Stanton because he got hurt. Like every single major league baseball player is currently injured and on the IL. And we're like, <laughs> oh, Giancarlo Stanton got hurt again. Are you kidding me? It's like everyone's hurt. That doesn't make it all right though, Chris. I mean, he gets hurt every year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to ask, do you have him and That's Buxton? Fine. Do you have him and Buxton on any teams together? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> do you do you regret I've it? I've also no, got Cattell Marte, I've got Corey Seager. Like no, I don't regret it cuz those guys were awesome and the guys I would have sure. drafted instead probably would have been bad. Given the way hitters worked out this season, like I don't know, I've got Corey Seager, Cattell Marte, I've got a ton of guys on the IL. It sucks the Byron Buxton and Giancarlo Stan are also on the IL, but I don't know. If my season goes south, I'm not going to blame like the 120th pick that I spent on Byron Buxton or the 90th pick I spent on Giancarlo Stan, you know? More, yeah. frust- more frustrating to me than the number of players getting hurt is that they're staying hurt forever. Like, yeah. I, I don't remember a time when every player pushed to the maximum extent of his timetable and beyond. It seems to be happening with everyone. Yeah, I could tell Marte's finally gearing up to for a rehab assignment, right? Like, we, seriously, Cody maybe Bellinger. We'll get him back. Yeah, like Bellinger, we we've had nothing on. He posted an Instagram video running sprints last week, and then the Dodgers came out the next day, and they're like, eh, "We still don't have a timetable, though. We don't know what's going on." Alberto <laughs> Mondesi. Okay, it was like the day before the season. Oh, you know, this guy's going on the IL. We, we had absolutely nothing until just this week. He's getting ready to go on a rehab yeah. assignment, but. Gosh, it's, it's been, it's been incredibly crazy. frustrating. Yeah, and I wasn't. Yeah, I w- I'm not just saying. No, it's I know. You, Chris. It's, it's just I just have to get ahead of it because everyone's like, "Oh, Drew Carlos didn't go hurt again." It's like, 
it, it, right, to me, it's just more Everybody frustrating because it literally happens every single year with Stan and the fact that this is a quad strain and it's seemingly always something like muscle related with him or whatever, soft muscles. tissue, but I don't know. It's uh, it's frustrating. Danny Duffy was another one placed on the IL. Not that he's always hurt. It's just another person hurt in general. Was placed on the IL with a left forearm flexor strain. This one came out of nowhere. Chris Bubich will replace Duffy in the rotation. Bubich had some flashes last year. I think you should watch him in deeper leagues. You don't need to go at him, but he's a name to watch. Steven Strasburg will throw a 55-pitch extended bullpen on Tuesday, and if he responds well, he could start on Friday against the Baltimore Orioles. Alex Kirloff had hit off a pitching machine on Monday as he recovers from a wrist sprain. So hopefully he recovers well from that as well. We're we're supposed to learn like this week whether he's going to have surgery, right? That 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 was basically the the thing with him was he's going to try to not have surgery and see how it feels over for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I I think what I read is that like hopefully by Friday they'll make a decision on that. So we'll yeah. see. It was it was basically two like very far paths apart it was yeah either he's gonna be fine and he's gonna play the rest of the season or he's gonna have surgery he's gonna miss the rest. and he's out for the rest of the season some more injuries michael conforto and jeff mcneil were both placed on the il with hamstring trains outfield prospects khalil lee and take it away chris how do you say this gentleman's name i believe it's joneshwi fargus joneshwi joneshwi fargus yeah, tongue twister there. Uh, we're both recalled. Khalil Lee is a former third round pick. He hit 264 with eight home runs and 53 steals in the minors back in 2019. And Fargus, he has some speed as well, lower batting average. Uh, any interest in either of these gentlemen? Only in deeper category based leagues. I mean, I, if they if these moves had happened on Sunday afternoon, I probably would have put it in a bid in my 15 team uh, TGFBI leagues on Khalil Lee. Mm-hmm. Just to, just to see, he's he's one of those guys who, I mean, obviously has tools. It's just been a question of putting them together. Yep. And another spot opened up in their outfield on Monday because Kevin Pilar got hit in the face with a pitch. So hope everything's all right there with him. But yeah. uh, you know, could potentially miss some time there, and rightfully so. Uh, so some openings there for the Mets. More Mets news. Noah Syndergaard is a little bit more positive. Not a little bit, a lot of it. Will make his first rehab appearance with low A St. Lucie on Wednesday as he recovers from last year's Tommy John surgery. Early to mid-June remains a realistic timetable for Syndergaard. Even more Mets news. Taiwan Walker was removed Monday with uh, after three scoreless innings due to left side tightness. Framber Valdez allowed five runs. Only one of those were earned over three innings in his first rehab start. With uh, AAA Sugarland, that sounds fun. Uh, he finished with 47 pitches. Rafael Dolis is expected to return on Tuesday for the Blue Jays. Who gets their next save, Scott? Dolis. Dolis over Jordan Romano. Yeah, I mean Jordan Romano hasn't even gotten their most recent save, has he? I think he did. Can't remember what something something happened where like they the next day they used him in, in a non closer situation or something. Mm-hmm. Uh. Hang on, let me see if I can find it. Oh, yeah, you're right. A.J. Cole has the AJ their, Cole. their yeah, most recent right. save. Oh, gosh, what a mess. Uh, Jose Abreu will miss the series against the Twins with left ankle inflammation, but is expected to return on Friday. C.J. Crone will be activated off the I.L. on Tuesday. Eric Hosmer is expected back on Wednesday. Kent Maeda, dealing with a groin strain, will throw on Tuesday as the Twins try to determine if he'll be able to make his next scheduled start against Cleveland on Friday. David Price was activated for the Dodgers. Albert Pujols was batting cleanup and started at first base in his first game with the Dodgers. Charlie Blackman <laughs> sat for the third straight game on Monday with a sore groin, though he was close to starting, apparently. Uh, Willie Calhoun... Uh, played his 10th game in the outfield. Nick Senzel played his third game at third base on Monday, so getting closer to five games uh, at third for Senzel. Mike Soroka's Achilles procedure apparently went well, but Brian Snitker hinted at Soroka not being back at all this season, which we kind of speculated last week. Joey Gallo is a trade target for teams looking for an outfielder, and... uh, I don't know why, I just kind of feel like the Yankees are going to be in on him because that's the kind of player that they love. Some buy or sell. We already talked about Otani and the Rangers outfielders. Let's talk about Tyler Naquin. Scott, your boy, Tyler Naquin. Two more hits, including his ninth home run of the season. He is batting 265 with an 884 OPS. He is 66% rostered. Buy or sell. Naquin needs to be rostered in all three outfield formats. No, he doesn't need to be rostered in three outfield formats, no. 
No, but he's not going away that quickly. He keeps playing. His his expected stats are still right in line with his actual stats. And, you know, for for as bad as I felt dropping, what, like 150 fab dollars on him in, in a couple of 15-team leagues, like no other hitter has emerged in leagues that deep that would be worth anywhere close to that kind of investment. So... I guess Horner came has come since then, but he didn't require that much of an investment because he hadn't really started hitting yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, You're talking I mean, just hitters, right? Yeah, just talking hitters. Yeah, yeah. I guess Adolis Garcia would have. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Garcia went for a good high. amount. His his free his fab was kind of like a slow burn. I feel like it was over a yeah. couple of weeks. He built really slowly. Um, yeah, that was uh, Carbon Burns's. Long-standing five-day-long record. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Fifty-eight strikeouts between walks. So in my fifteen-team NFBC main event league, Adolis Garcia on April twenty-fifth went for two hundred and twenty-five dollars out of a thousand-dollar budget, and he's been worth every penny so far. Uh, next buy or sell, Josh Donaldson. He went one for three with his fifth home run of the season on Monday. He is batting two seventy-four, but doing so with a three thirteen expected batting average. And a 591 expected slug. Chris, buy or sell, Josh Donaldson is a top 15 third baseman. Uh, I think I would sell that, but... Why, you think he's going to get injured? I think that's the the concern for sure, just that he won't play. Chris, uh, don't... No, you can't do this. regularly. You can't do this. That's so against your brand there, Chris. Yeah, that's your guy. I Uh, I mean, he's already been hurt this season, and we're not talking about... 28-year-old Byron Buxton. We're talking about like a 34-year-old Josh Donaldson. Mm, I think there's so it's, so it's an ageism thing. I see. It's a little bit of both. You know, I, I think you can I think you can be biased against players for all kinds of reasons. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Donaldson over the past two weeks or so has played every game. Yeah, I mean, that Wait. would be my concern, would just be that he's not, even if he does stay healthy, he's not gonna play every game. But if he does, I, I think he's gonna be top 15 on a per game basis. Like he had a right around an 850 OPS last season. It was 900 the year before. Like There have been de- signs of decline in his game, but he's aging really well when he's on the field. Mm-hmm. Chris, you actually have him ranked 15th. I just moved days. him up, yeah. <laughs> I just did, yeah. Okay, so you're buying it then. Yeah, push. <laughs> Chris does that a lot. Like While we're talking, I'm looking at his rankings. So I look <laughs> at the rankings before and I make the rundown and I'm like, all right, well, Chris has him in 19th or 20th or whatever and and then he moves him right up to 15 to like sneakily. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah, yeah, I had him 15 the whole a, time. It's a, it's a I, I never I never say I had them the whole time. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a living breathing document. And um, you know, I, I reserve the right to change my opinion when presented with new information. Mm-hmm. Scott, what do you think because based on these underlying numbers for Donaldson and the fact that, you know, the weather's starting to heat up and in the North where he plays in Minnesota and stuff, I, I can I can see moving him inside the top 15. You know, guys like Moustakis haven't been great. Suarez is coming around a little bit, but Matt Chapman hasn't really done much. I, I could see Donaldson getting in the top 15 there. So what do you think? Buy or sell? Yeah, I'm looking at him. I have him 19th right now, but I'm 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 kind of with you. It's, it's, you got these, you got these hanger-ons, hanger, hangers-on. You got these hangers on like uh, Kevin Biggio. It's like, do I really, do I really want Biggio more than Donaldson still? I, I know if I was setting my lineup right now and choosing between them, I know which one I'd start. <laughs> that's Donaldson. But yeah, that's tough. I, I think I would leave Donaldson just outside my top 15, though. It's, it's really just a matter of how much he's going to play, not really about the performance, like Chris was saying. Yeah, I, I'm going to buy it. I, I'm going to move him inside my top 15. I, I like what I'm seeing, the underlying numbers there from Donaldson. The caveat with, I guess, every player in baseball nowadays is that he has to stay healthy, but you know, the past couple of weeks or so, he's he's looked good there. Uh, would you guys, I don't know if this is a realistic trade. You guys let me know. Can you sell high on someone like Kyle Gibson or Alex Wood for Josh Donaldson? And, and would you do that? I would definitely do that. Is it, it realistic? It, to me, it's... A, yeah, that's re- I think it's realistic. Like it, it, it seems like a total needs-based trade to me. Yeah, the, the guy you're trading with doesn't need Donaldson, but needs a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And if you need Donaldson and don't need a pitcher, then I think I think those terms line up pretty well. I'd be more likely to trade Gibson than Wood if I was making the choice. Mm-hmm. Let's move and on. I think to- you'd probably 
be, I, I think that deal would be more likely to happen too, for what it's worth. Yeah. Make it happen. If, uh, if you have a glut of pitchers and, and you're looking for a hitter, Josh Donaldson, someone you should be targeting. Sonny Gray has completed six innings just once in six tries. The ERA up to 3.86. The whip is 1.45. Chris, last week on one of our podcasts, we talked about how he was moving up the rankings. I think he had an awesome 11 st- uh, strikeout game against the Dodgers. And- he, had, he had the one six inning game. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And he's been just kind of mess since then. So buy or sell, Sonny Gray is overrated. Um, I I never know what to do with over or underrated, you know, like people will say like, oh, the Beatles are the most overrated band. But like we do have some Beatles know, team I, Tuesdays they got, later on. They got like five like classic albums. How are you going to say they're overrated? You know, I, I think I think Sonny Gray, like nobody's excited about Sonny Gray anymore. Right. Nobody's like beating down the door to 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 make an argument that Sonny Gray is some elite pitcher. I think he's in that blob. I'm just going to refer to it as the blob. Starting pitchers ranked, gosh, 17 through, let's call it 43. The blob at starting pitcher. He's in there. uh, Somewhere towards the middle. That is a fact. I'll say he's overrated. Overrated. You're buying it. Yeah, I'm buying it. Overrated because Chris just rated him for us, and I think that's too high. <laughs> you don't that, think he's a top 43 starting pitcher? No, Oof. all right, tough, no, tough I don't crowd. like he's not obviously not getting the innings. His ground ball rate, which was the one consistency for him, it's it's down quite a bit this year. And like, I mean, it's six starts, yeah, sure. But I, I, I would have said he was overrated coming into the season too, so it's kind of can. I've got the confirmation bias going on here. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to another hitter, the Yermanator. Haven't talked about him in a while. Yermin Mercedes. He went three for six with his sixth home run of the season. By the way, his sixth home run that he hit, it was on a 3-0, 48-mile-per-hour EFIS pitch from Williams Asudio, who was pitching because it was the score was 15-4 to at the time. So... We'll see I think that was a misclassification. I think it was just a fastball. But. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that if he was intentionally throwing an EFIS. <laughs> yeah. I'm not exactly sure. You know, a lot of times when you've got a new pitcher, it takes them a little while to you know get the spin rate classifications right. So you know, <laughs> um, apparently he threw one pitch that was 75 miles per hour. That that was classified as his fastball. I guess that was his changeup. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I think they were both fastballs. It's just. Not not a lot of consistency. One's there. a two seamer, one's a four seamer. You Maybe, know, yeah. I I do wonder if anyone's going to get up in arms because your me Mercedes was swinging three zero when they're up fifteen to four, and last year when Fernando Tatis did it, it was like this big oh my god, poor sportsmanship kind of thing. Ah, that's so eh. stupid. Yeah, yeah, that's, no, I think I, it's fine. I usually get both sides when there's those poor sportsmanship arguments. Like I'll, I'm generally against the bad form argument i'm yeah. on the side of it's all fine but i at least get where they're coming from that tatis thing made no well, sense that i mean so the thing like <laughs> if you put a position player on the mound you're giving up on the game and you have no right to gripe about anything mm. unless you are concerned about getting home earlier that is the <laughs> only reason you can complain and <laughs> You know, that's probably why a lot of baseball writers complain about it. I've actually oh, wondered yeah, that no, before. That's a hundred percent. The reason okay. they hate extra innings so much is because yeah. they're at the ballpark till four in the morning. So yeah. that that's why they hate it. But those of no, us who just I mean, like, a good baseball game. For me, it's it's like it used to be like a bit of a novelty, like, oh, we're in the fifteenth inning and a position player has to pitch, or like Oh, Ichiro has been like pushing his manager for like 15 years to let him pitch and he finally got to do it. And now it's like three times a week <laughs> we have to watch it. And it's like, yeah, just can we just make it so that a team can forfeit the rest of the game if we're going to do this? Like, if a doubleheader can only be seven innings, let Tony LaRusa forfeit. Tony LaRusa would never forfeit a game, by the way. I don't, <laughs> there's no question he would ever do that. But maybe another manager who, is more reasonable would rather do that than have their batters, their hitters throwing. I don't think Tony LaRusso would have forfeited because they were winning 16 to four, Chris. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you Whatever. mean. Anyway, look, if you're up 10 runs after the seventh inning, mercy rule, whatever. Anyway, for your, <laughs> for your mean Mercedes, he was, uh, he was only batting 244 in May, 
thanks to an increase in strikeouts and a 15% infield fly ball rate, pop-up rate, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the month of May. So buy or sell, you can drop your mean Mercedes, even though he just had a great game, in shallower no. leagues. No, come on. You can't drop him. Look at look at what his season-long numbers look like still. Isn't he leading the majors in batting average? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that is just front-loaded from April, though. I mean, he, yeah, but this was his first home run of May. He was batting 244, so he, he was slowing down. No, I, I get that, and it'll, it'll, that batting average will probably continue to come down, but like, like still the full-season stats count for more than just the last two weeks. I mean, that's... Uh, the only thing I will say is like, I could see there being a situation where you drafted Fran Mil Reyes in a 12-team points league. And I've seen Fran Mil Reyes on the wire in a bunch of my 12-team points leagues lately. Mm-hmm. I could see a situation where you have him and you've got to make a roster move. You've got both Mercedes and Fran Mill. And, you know, maybe you you make that move. I could see that. I would rather have Fran Mill than Mercedes. How about this? Your mean Mercedes is available in my home league. It's a 12-team points league. I also have Nelson Cruz. My yeah, outfield, like, my outfield never is bad. Needed. My outfield yeah. is bad. I'm thinking about trading away Nelson Cruz, shopping him for an outfielder that can help my team and adding your mean Mercedes. I mean, if you get if you get an outfielder that's legitimately as good as Cruz, then I, I think that makes sense. Um, but obviously, yeah. I, I mean, if you're just talking about I, I want Cruz in my utility spot and Mercedes is out there, I mean, it's kind of a silly hypothetical because what's Mercedes' roster ship right now? It's it's got to be it's eighty one percent. So it's yeah, it's oh, not it's slower than I thought. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I did face that situation in a shallow points league like that. I already had Cruz and Merce- Mercedes was out there early in the season. And I just, I was putting bids in him, in for him in all my other leagues. And I just couldn't justify it in that league because bench spot did not allow me to carry a second utility, a second DH only guy, you know, bench base didn't allow for that. So mm-hmm. um, I guess that's still in play, but it would be, it would be a situation where as soon as you dropped him, somebody else would, should swoop in and pick him up. Yeah, because there are still, what, five highly relevant D- utility or DH-only players right now. Um, I mean, Stanton's on IL, obviously, but, well, Martinez is outfield eligible now, right? Martinez is outfield, yeah. Calhoun's outfield. Solaire um, is outfield. Okay. Okay. So it's really, it's just Cruz, it's Jordan Alvarez. Stanton. Stanton. Fran Mill and your mean Mercedes. Yeah, those are basically the five. Uh, Last buy or sell, Logan Webb was at the Reds on Monday. Six shutout with four strikeouts. He has now delivered quality starts in four of his last five. He is 31% rostered. Buy or sell, Logan Webb needs to be added in 12-team leagues. Sell. Sell. He had 10 strikeouts last time, and that was really the first start where we saw the changeup come on the way they talked it up this spring. And this start, even though, you know... Six shutout innings. He only threw 13 changeups. They were good for two of his nine whiffs. I mean, really, it's just that one te- 10 strikeout start from Webb that at, at all made me think he's going to be anything worthwhile this year. Mm-hmm. All right. So don't rush out there to get Logan Webb on your fantasy teams. We are going to take a quick break. But first, just want to remind everyone, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for staying up late and hanging out with us. But you should subscribe if you are watching to our YouTube channel. Or if you haven't watched yet, just come watch and subscribe anyway. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Baseball Today. Hit that little subscribe button and then tap the little bell. So you will get a notification every time we go live, which is usually right around midnight Eastern time each night. And... You will also get a notification every time we we drop a new video. So Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, you will get those updates. So make sure to subscribe. We will take a quick break, but when we return, we have some hitters who have made some changes in May. Players who are improving. Talk about them next. Fantasy Baseball Today. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. 
The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So let's jump into some of this action that is happening in May. I saw a tweet from you over the weekend, Scott, which kind of spurned this idea on me. And then Chris went out and and wrote a great article, which you can find on the site right now, cbssports.com slash fantasy slash baseball. And offense is up in the month of May. So if you compare it to April... Uh, 243 batting average in May, 232 in April, 320 OBP versus 309, 398 slug versus 389. Uh, Strikeout rate has gotten a little bit better, 23% in May versus 24% in April. BABIP is up about 12 percentage points as well, uh, which means the offense in May is very close to what it was overall last season. So we're getting closer, and I think that's a sign of the weather heating up and, and I think just overall hitters making adjustments uh, to pitchers, and they probably just got off to slow starts. So uh, it's good it to is, see. Sorry. No, go ahead. I, um, I think it is worth, you know, making a comparison. You know, I think you can compare it to 2020, but obviously you're dealing with July, August, September, comparing it to May and April. So, you know, I, I think it's worth comparing to May of 2019. And when you do that, batting average is still down 11 points compared to May of 2019. Strikeout rate is still up 0.7% among non-pitchers. 2019 was a historic year for offense, so I, I don't, yeah. I don't know that that's a fair comparison either. And you know, I, I kind of the tweet Frank's referring to, I was basically comparing April 2021 to May 2021 to all of 2020, those two plus months, um, and and basically May. Specifically for BABIP and strikeout rate, that's where things went most crazy in April of this year, BABIP being way down when that's very consistent from year to year, uh, and K rate was way up. And now it's virtually identical. In May, it's virtually identical, both of those numbers, to what it was in 2020. So, you know, I I was just kind of thinking from the standpoint of, okay, we're usually calibrating our expectations for league-wide trends based on the previous year. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, May, May pretty much looks like the previous year. Now, I, I, I really don't know, like, I'm, I'm not ready to draw conclusions based on that. It just, it just has me second-guessing some of these conclusions I was coming to just a week ago when we were mostly looking at those April numbers. I think my conclusion at this point would be it's not going to be 2019, obviously. I think it's more in terms of batted balls. It's probably more like 2018, which was May. You had a 297 BABIP. You had a 13% home run to fly ball rate. That's, you know, the BABIP is a little higher than what we've seen so far in May of 2021. The home run to fly ball rate a little lower. The Uh, the home run rate does look a lot like 2018. 2018 was the lowest. So basically the juiced ball era started second half of 2016 and yeah. 2018 was the the worst year for home runs during that stretch and that's kind of what we're looking at but if if we aren't going to see this this new even higher k rate and if we're not going to see this never before seen low babbit so more balls being put in play than what was happening in april and more success on the balls that are being more like normal success on the balls being put in play then I then I think things are gonna, you know, things are gonna get closer to normal. They're not gonna be 2019, um, but 2019 wasn't normal anyway. They're gonna be, it's going to be a situation where you know, not all the mid range hitters are batting 220 to 230 like we're seeing so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I that's mean, what I'm hoping. <laughs> it's also, it's so hard to say because so many hitters are hurt right now. So many fantasy relevant hitters are hurt right now. Yeah, so, so that, that's driving down the overall numbers as well. Yeah, but I think yeah. your point, Scott, the final point you just made is about so so many of those mid range hitters batting two twenty to two thirty. I 
I think we're already starting to see a lot of them bounce back. And, and those are a lot of names that we were talking about, you know, just last week, a couple of weeks ago, like the Paul Goldschmidt's and Anthony Rizzo's and those guys are coming around a little bit. Same thing with Charlie Blackman. So we were pounding on the table about a bunch of those guys early on. And, and another one was Kyle Tucker, who now in May is batting 313 with four home runs. The walk rate is up. Uh, oddly enough, he's done it with a ground ball rate, which is right around 47%, but he's pulling the ball more. His home run to fly ball ratio is up. He's uh, he, he's come around. I don't know that there's anything actionable. I feel like the buy low window for Kyle Tucker is closed, but mm-hmm. it's good to see that he actually has gotten yeah. back on track like we hoped. Yeah, and, and, I, and that was kind of why I looked into it is because I was going through picking out hitters for the, the, the hitting planner for the upcoming week, and I kept seeing that a lot of hitters' numbers were way up in May. And so mm-hmm. I just... Uh, Jose Abreu comes to mind. Kyle Schwarber, he just homered today. He's had a much better May than April. Uh, and, it, you know, just just a bunch. I kept seeing that over and over again. And it looks like it's it's a league-wide trend. So we'll see if it continues. But that that is a stark contrast from one month to the next. I was, I was really surprised to see just how much all of those numbers had bounced back mm-hmm. in May. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa batting 375 with an OPS over 1,000 in May, but his ground ball rate is, is still right around 60%. Uh, he's spraying the ball around a little bit more. His hard contact is up. Is this a sell-high opportunity with Isaiah kiner falefa I think technically it is, just from the sense that I, I don't think he can sustain this pace. But at the same time, show me the person who's in a position to trade Isaiah kiner falefa because exactly. it wouldn't be me. Yeah. Well, like, or show me the person who's going to give you a lot for Isaiah kiner exactly. falefa that's that's no, the that, main that, point. Like if, if no one's gonna yeah. give you anything, just hold on to him. And even when he slows down, like you still reaped a lot of the benefits for where you you drafted him anyway. So yeah. uh, and if you play on Yahoo, of course he's catcher eligible. So I would imagine in a categories league there, he is probably one of, if not the best yeah. catchers in fantasy. Yeah, if, top, if he's three. catcher eligible, obviously you don't sell him. Yep. Uh yeah, no he one, might be a top three catcher and if he's eligible there. Nolan Arenado batting 379 with five home runs in May. He only has three strikeouts in 15 games. Uh, Bad of all data looks a lot better this month. And he's batting 300 overall, 915 OPS, on pace for 32 home runs. I'm not going to say he's Nolan Arenado from the Rockies, but instead of being like 75 to 80%, which is, I guess, what we were expecting, he kind of looks like he's like 90% Nolan Arenado. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to change from week to week. So, <laughs> we're, worth keeping in mind, even though we're a quarter of the way through the season now, the samples are still small from a baseball context. But um, are, are we doing the sell-high thing with him? Because I, I don't really see doing that. Yeah, I mean, would you... I, I wouldn't sell high. I would I would probably no. just hold on to him. No. Yep. Yeah, it depends on how, like, he was hitting 273 four games ago, five games ago. Right. I think he's probably more likely to hit 275 than 300 the rest of the way. Um, but I think he's a solid starter. If somebody still views him as like a superstar caliber player, then yeah, I would move him. Mm-hmm. Paul Goldschmidt, we were telling you for a while that the, the underlying numbers looked a lot better. He's batting 315 with a 920 OPS in May. Line drive rate way up for him. Uh, Xander Bogart's batting 370 with a with five home runs. He is just pulling the ball like crazy. Uh, 62% pull rate, a 42% home run to fly ball ratio in the month of May. So I, I looked in to see how many of his games have been at home because maybe he's just taking advantage of the green monster. Nine of 15 games at home. So seems like Xander Bogarts is just awesome and he's yeah. and he's running really hot right now. I think he's also just like <clears throat> arguably the most undervalued or underrated player in fantasy baseball. Yeah, he I, is. I, he's amazing. I can't tell you that if we were redrafting today, I'd be taking him late in the second round. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about Xander Bogarts is for his career, he's outperformed his ex-WOBA every single season in the StatCast era since 2015. Uh, overall, it's about 33 points. And this year, he has a 396 ex-WOBA. So, he's really good. He's not going to be this good forever, but uh, he's one of the 2015-20 best hitters in, in fantasy. Robbie Grossman, we've talked a lot about recently, batting 314 with two homers and three steals in May. He has more walks than strikeouts this month. The fly ball rate is way up, 64% rostered. I don't know that that number needs to be much higher, but uh, even in points leagues, I think you can stream him on a week-to-week basis if he's got a lot of games, so you can kind of play with the volume there with Robbie Grossman. Marcus Semien, 
batting 361 with four homers, line drive rate way up, 34%. The home run to fly ball ratio is up. Uh, Scott, we spoke about Semyon a couple of weeks ago, and we were like kind of skeptical. We didn't know, know what to make of it. Are you more confident now in Semyon? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I, Yeah, I, I think at the time his strikeout rate was quite a bit higher than it is now. It's still high for him, but it's it's come down some. Um, you know, the expected stats still look a lot worse than the actual stats, but not to the same extreme. Like it, it's kind of, it's kind of like the underlying numbers are catching up to the actual ones. And, uh, you know, just the fact that he's running as much as he is, it, it's easy to see the glass half full. Yeah. So, I'd, I'd like to see him keep running only one stolen base attempt in, in May after seven in June. Or, yeah. That's a good point. April. Stolen bases don't, stolen bases, uh, are not, it's hard to pace them out. Right. They don't they don't maintain a steady pace. So it's possible he has seven now. Maybe he finishes the year with ten. You know, I, I think he's probably a sell high. I, I think he's more likely to take a step back than maintain. But it's another situation. Like shortstop is as we as anybody who just lost Corey Seeger knows, shortstop is there's not a lot out there. So when you have one that's worth starting, it's hard to it's hard to move on. It's hard to he, let him go. He is like a top 12 or 15 overall hitter in Roto Leagues this season. Well, the nine home runs and seven yeah. steals. I, I yeah. believe it. That'll do it. Uh, a few other names that I noticed making some changes in May. Randy Arozarena, strikeout rate way down, walking more, hitting a lot less ground balls, which is exactly what we wanted to see. It hasn't really been reflected in the numbers yet, but... I find it pretty promising for him. Uh, Joey Gallo hitting more fly balls in May. April, it was weird. He was hitting a ton of ground balls, uh, but hitting the ball harder as well, so you like to see that from Gallo. Kevin Biggio making more contact and hitting a lot more line drives, so maybe a potential buy-low situation here, and I'm talking about like real low. Don't go out and spend anything of legitimate value for Kevin Biggio, but... He has been better this month. Uh, Max Muncy seems like he's selling out for power a bit. Strikeouts are up, uh, but also hitting a lot of fly balls and making hard contact. He has five home runs in the month of May. And Eugenio Suarez now has nine hits over his last eight games. His strikeout rate has gone from 38% in April to 25% in May. You still might be able to buy low on Suarez, something that I would look into doing. I do have a quick uh, email that we got from Chris, not Chris Towers, and wanted to ask about uh, Nick Madrigal. And a little bit of a rankings debate. Uh, Chris, you have him ranked 11th at second base. Scott, you have him 32nd. And apparently <laughs> I have him 18th. I haven't changed that yet in the middle of this podcast. Maybe I'll change it afterwards. But uh, he goes on to say, would love to hear your thoughts on him as well, whether or not I should drop him in favor of recently dropped Garrett Hampson. So what do you guys think on uh, Nick Madrigal, who went three for five on Monday, hit his first career home run. He only has one home run and one steal on the season, which is... This is very weird. So uh, talk about Madrigal yeah. and, and him versus Garrett Hampson. So I, th I think he's kind of useless. I'm looking at <laughs> it now because 32 did sound low, but I'm, I'm looking at the names ahead of them and they all seem more useful than he is. He has only one steal so far. Obviously, if he ran at a pace more like we saw in the minors where he could be like a 30 steal guy, it would it would change the equation. But there's virtually no power there. He did hit his first career home run tonight, but... It's not going to be a lot of those. He typically bats low in the order. Occasionally he bats second like he did today, but usually ninth. So not generating his own power, not running much, not in position to score a lot of runs or drive in a lot. Like he's, he's just, his batting average isn't even that great. I expect it to go up, but probably a hollow batting average guy. And uh, there's just, I have no interest in Nick Madrigal at this point. Mm -hmm. if, I, I think the biggest thing is the running. Like I, I, I feel like he should hit 300. And if I were making the White Sox lineup, I would probably bat him pretty high, um, and I would let him run. Mm -hmm. They've only really done that with Tim Anderson so far. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's frustrating. I, I don't agree with the the decision making of the Chicago White Sox organization so far this season. But yeah, 11's too high. Um, I will move him down, but I would love to see him hit higher in the lineup more often. But since he's not, I I, I will have to move him down. I'm moving him down to 16. Mm -hmm. uh, he was yeah. batting second on Monday, Chris, so you'll be happy to know yeah. that. It was against a lefty in J-Hap and probably helped contribute to his 
massive game. I would rather have Garrett Hampson to answer your question, Chris, who emailed in. And if I were spending fab on it, if if it's any type of categories league, I could see going like eight to ten percent on Garrett Hampson. Maybe even more than that, but depends on the rest of your league. Hampson has well, if he's still available at this point, you probably can go zero percent. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe put in like a two dollar bid. Yeah. yeah, he's got Garrett Hampson. It's five homers, eight steals, twenty eight runs scored, only batting two fifty, but he's. Been very good so far for the Rockies, so I would rather have him than Nick Madrigal. Uh, some leftovers from Monday. Mike Yastrzemski has three hits and two home runs over his last two games, so maybe he's finally getting healthy. Max Fried allowed one run over six innings with eight strikeouts against the Mets. He has a 1.59 ERA in three starts since returning from the IL. Adra Alzali was just kind of meh. They only let him throw 63 pitches. Thought that was interesting. His lowest pitch count of the season. Uh, he Allowed three runs over five innings. Trey Turner hit his 10th home run. He is batting 329. He has seven steals in 38 games. He is on a 39 home run, 27 steal pace over 150 games. So Trey Turner is awesome. Josh Bell went two for three with a walk. He now has six hits over his last four games. Baby steps, baby steps, Josh Bell. You got to learn how to crawl before you can walk. I like what I see. Kyle Schwarber went one for three with his sixth homer of the season. And over his last seven, he is batting 333 with three home runs. He is now 74% rostered, so okay. Took some of our advice yesterday. Maybe got, got him in the lineup. Seven games this week, all against righties. Uh, Dallas Keuchel was fine. Seven innings, three runs, six strikeouts. He threw his cutter a season-high 32% in this start, uh, and that was a really productive pitch for him last season, so um, yeah. maybe that's something six, that can six help. Six strikeouts him. was the most strikeouts he's had in the start this year by two. Yeah. I think the cutter is big. I think if he gets back to using that cutter, it could help him out quite a bit. Luke Voigt hit his first home run of the season. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Jordan Lyles because why would I do that? Casey Mize uh, actually had another really good start for the Detroit Tigers and kind of comes at a weird time because we got the update last week that he's going to be kind of slow rolled throughout the summer for the Tigers, but we're not. Wow, in the, this, we're not is this his best start ever? Um, it's certainly his longest. Might have been seven and two thirds, one earned, three walks, seven strikeouts. Against it's gotta be a career high in strikeouts, I think. The Seattle Mariners, and mm. you, you know who closed out the game? Michael Fulmer. Yeah, Michael Fulmer, who now has his third save. Gregory Soto was using the eighth. Mm. So I guess talk about both together. I, I, I kind of <laughs> feel like Fulmer is the closer ish. He has their last two saves. Yeah, and then pretty quick succession. Succession, yeah, success with you. Yes, second one came on Thursday of last week, I believe. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah. I don't, maybe uh, the Tigers so rarely get save chances that it's hard to get a firm <laughs> grasp of, on what's going on there. I wonder who's because Soto just came in and got one out in the eighth. I wonder if he didn't wasn't needed for that one out if it would have been different, but. It's at least Fulmer's at least in the mix here. Uh, Mize's seven Ks equal to career high. He had seven and one start last year. You know, still still not missing a lot of bats, but yeah, even runs off the board and going deep. So I don't know. Pretty fringy, probably, especially given the innings limitations that are have, have been forecasted for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nice if he was see. available in like a standard twelve team points or roto league, I'm not even sure I would go at him. Yep. Again, that's Casey Mize that we're talking about. He's 62% rostered on CBS, so that number doesn't need to be higher. Might else? even be a little too high. Oh, okay. Uh, some other bullpen updates outside of this Michael Former news. Michael Former, 19% rostered, by the way, so if you play in a categories league, he is widely available, as is Tyler Rogers for the Giants, who now has saves in back-to-back days, and he has five total on the season. This comes after... Jake McGee allowed a bunch of runs over the weekend. Uh, Scott, who would you rather have between Tyler Rogers and Michael Fulmer? Oh, Rogers. Okay. Rogers. You know, yeah. Opportunity is going to be scarce for Detroit. And uh, he could have gone to McGee. McGee had a day off already, and, and Gabe Kapler chose not to go to him on Monday. So I think he's leaning Rogers now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rogers, I, I think the, the roster percentage, 34% is too low. It's less than Giovanni yeah. Gallegos and. Devin Williams, who are never going to get saves for their respective teams. So Tyler Rogers, go get him if you need some saves. For the Mets, Edwin Diaz walked one but picked up his sixth save. Ian Kennedy got his 11th save for the Rangers, for my Texas Rangers, against the New York Yankees revenge game. To stream or not to stream for Tuesday, 
Luis Patino at the Orioles. John Gant versus the Pirates. JT Brubaker at the Cardinals. Andrew Heaney versus Cleveland. Justin Dunn versus Detroit. And Spencer Turnbull at the Mariners. Well, we said yesterday Heaney and Brubaker were the obvious ones. I went Gant versus Pittsburgh. Chris went Turnbull at Seattle. Mm. Yes. But nice. I, I'll also add, I, I, I could see Justin Dunn having a very good start. Nice memory there from Scott because you know what? I didn't remember it. To stream or not to stream for Wednesday, Wade Miley versus the Giants. Garrett Richards at the Blue Jays. That's down in Dunedin. Brad Keller versus the Brewers. Tarek Skubal at the Mariners. Matt Shoemaker versus the White Sox. Jake Arrieta versus the Nationals. This is a terrible list of starting pitchers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Scoople's used his split change that was hyped up this spring. He's used it more his last two outings, and they've gone a little bit better. It's a good matchup, as we saw for Mice at Seattle. So I guess he'd be my first choice. I uh, I think I'm hoping we get Grud to Keller today and not Brad Keller. So I'll go with him. Yeah. I'm regretting, it? It. I'm regretting the Scooble thing. I'm going to take it back. <laughs> yeah, I think Keller, Keller, Richards, and Miley are probably the three I would go with if I have to go with three. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Team Name Tuesday will wrap up here. This one's from Omar. Bruhan, got you all in check. Bruhan, got you all in check. <laughs> uh, you, might, you guys might be too young for that I have. No, what is it from, Chris? I have no idea. I think it's a tribe called Quest Song, but it's um, Busta Rhymes. Who says that? I'm pretty I sure. Like how, I like how Chris always says you guys might be too young for that when I've got like what four <laughs> years on him. Oh no, it's just a Buster Rhymes song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, admittedly, like if we're in the pop culture reference meter, just of life, like Adam Azer is like you guys. If you're watching, it's he's like way up here somewhere. He knows probably everything there is to know. Uh, Chris is close. You know, Chris, Chris is up there. Uh, you know, Scott, I would say is is below Chris, uh, and then I'm just like somewhere like I don't know. You guys can't see my desk right now, but just. Way, way, way below. This one's from Alex. There's some bows in this house, sir. Okay. Does it, um, <laughs> I'm not impressed, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't quite get it. I think uh, it's from a song from. Um, it's from Cardi B, I believe. Uh, okay. I'm sure you know the song, Chris. Yes, of course. Because I know the song, so you have to know the <laughs> Whoa, song. Whoa! <laughs> look at you, Scott. I, I, you know what? I just gave us no credit, and then there you go. We, I'm, we you both know what? I'm right too young for that one. Yeah, Scott, you, you, uh, you, you might. You might, Chris. Uh, from Kaz, cease fires, wood burns, means panic. Sure. Yeah. From, That's a whole sentence. <laughs> so it's just kind of a... Yeah, cease yeah, fires. cramming a bunch of names together in a way that works. Okay, I yeah. can live with that. From Tony, say it like you means it, Gilbert. All right. Sure, yeah. Apparently. By the way, I, it was. it's actually a Sugar Hill Gang song that Busta Rhymes later sampled. The Beastie Boys also sampled it in their classic song, Shake Your Rump. <laughs> this next one's from uh, industry friend Mike Curlin. We actually had him on in the offseason. Jean-Claude Von Dong. It's very good. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. From Kevin, show me the money. Sure. Is that, is that like a name? That's, that's, a, that's a Heath one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't... Not like Heath came up with it. It was, but it's it's just not good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to figure out if this second word is someone's like name. I tried looking it up. I can. I can yeah, Hamani. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, from Colin, <laughs> these are all Beatles themed. You say goodbye. I say hello. Okay. We're yep. so sorry, Uncle Uncle Adbert. Yep, that's technically wings, but you know, I think it still works. I want a hold. Brad Hand. I want to hold Brad. All right. I want to hold Brad Hand. That works as a sentence, too. That's good. I like that one. That's the winner tonight. And then eight grays a week. Okay. Yep. Fair yep. enough. Yep. Uh, from Pat in Ohio. Oh, Lordis, Wong, you buy me a Mercedes Sims by Junis Gonsolin. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I yep. think I think that probably went too far with all the names. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Uh, from Robert. Mark Canna Corn. Yep. Yeah, sure. that's yep. a classic. Yeah. Uh, any updates from Kesson here? That's just a question. Uh, I've got him on my dynasty roster. Well, apparently, I, I, was, I thought that was a teammate. <laughs> he, he is batting 250 with four doubles and seven strikeouts in four games. So, uh, not going so well so far for Kesson Hiura. This one's from Jack. 
Oh, I listened to the song before to try to remember how it goes. Chris, you mm-hmm. would know it. Whoa. Framber is the, the color, color of your energy. Yeah, this is good. I like this. This is good. That's that's a very good one. Right up your alley. I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll always laugh at a 311 <laughs> reference. <laughs> uh, from Quincy. Boba Shet. Boba Shet, where? It's good. I got it. It's good. Uh, from Greg. Enoa, I broke my hand. Yep. From Ryan. Magical Mystery Machine. Uh, I think you could just go with uh, Magical Mystery Tor, and there's got to be a baseball player we could like. Magical Mystery Boar, if he was still playing, would be good. Classic Miami Marlin. I don't know if uh, if there's a good one who's actually playing in Major League Baseball currently. And but, last but not least, Scooble Do Badoo Abreu. Yep. I mean, they're both Scooby-Doo themed ones, right? Yeah. Yes. But it wasn't the magical. It was just the mystery machine, right? It was just the, yeah, yeah I think it was just the mystery machine. Mm-hmm. I don't because know, the whole thing was that. it wasn't magic. There was no magic at all in the Scooby-Doo universe. I wasn't, was I wasn't, just, big, in, I wasn't big into Scooby-Doo. It was, it was always just old man Carter from the abandoned warehouse. Sure. Yeah. It was, and it, they all had very convincing masks, apparently. I think it. I think Scooby Doo went off the rails when they introduced like real ghosts. It just <laughs> oh, betrayed the spirit of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And also Zoinks. Scrappy. Yeah. Not not a fan of Scrappy Doo. Yeah, <laughs> just got to go with the classic. Would have got away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. For Scott yeah. and Chris, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye bye.